When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 at the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and happy game day and happy Friday. It's another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. Meadow Schmelk with you. The phone number is 201-939-4513. Getting you ready for the Giants' second preseason game of 2023 when they host the Carolina Panthers at MetLife Stadium. Lance, good to see you, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Doing all right, and we should get some starters tonight. And I think, you know, the old format used to have the... Dress rehearsal will be the third game of the preseason. Now it's yeah. kind of become the second game. Now, that can change from year to year. If you have some scrimmages this week or something like that, then maybe teams might adjust. But Nick's, uh, Nick's, I saw an email here. <laughs> the Giants did not have a scrimmage this week. We can so predict who's going to play in the next preseason if you want to. The, but yeah. the schedule is out, by the way. Yeah. Well, um, but the um, I have a, three wins in January and four losses. I just want to go on the record of saying that. But go go ahead, please. That's a win. Yeah. That's a <laughs> loss. But uh, <laughs> um, wait, what the heck was I saying? So, you were talking about the starters potentially yes, playing. See, yeah, I, was, so, I was multitasking. Yes, so, and, yes. And then you distracted me. Well, um, I'm very good at that. Yes, you are. So the starters should play tonight. You know, used to have the third game of the preseason, be it, and now... Since the Giants did not run any scrimmages this week, you, I would assume that their starters will play a decent amount of time tonight. I think we'll see at least one series for the starters, if I had to guess. Brian Dable uh, declined to make any of that public, so we're just going off guesses here. But I think it's fair to say that he said he wanted the starters to get some playing time over the course of this preseason, and I think, Lance, it makes sense that this would be the game to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I would even argue if you wanted to put him in the third preseason game. I really don't think there's any harm to that. Because yeah, because there's two weeks. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I think people overlook that. When they tweaked the schedule and they took away the fourth preseason game, they built in a two-week hiatus between the last game and the start of the regular yeah, season. Yeah, they didn't remove a week. They just removed the no, game. Exactly, yeah. So you're just practicing on your own, but God forbid somebody gets banged up. You say, okay, two weeks that you can work with the rehab team, work with the medical team, and knock on wood, you should be good to go for the start of the regular season. I'm not saying that most teams are going to play their starters, but I don't see the harm if you do want to maybe fine-tune something. But yes, the second preseason game is now the dress rehearsal, which normally was the third one. And I'm the type of person, I think there's value in playing starters. I think it's important to get a test run going before the start of the regular season. I don't think you want 
it to be baptism by fire for a lot of these guys. And you could argue, John, there's continuity for the Giants because they have both of their coordinators and Thomas McGahee, of course, returning as well. But you got some new personnel, and I think you should get out there and get on the same page before it actually matters and counts which is week one. Yeah, I don't feel strongly either way. For the coaches, I think it's necessary. I get it. For the coaches, I don't think it's necessary, whatever. I don't think it's all that important either way. I think you can get these guys into it with scrimmages and joint practices and stuff like that. Like, Would I be against, like, if you had no joint practices and then you also did not play any guys in preseason, I would not be a fan of that. Because I think you do have to get the guys yeah. some level of competition. And I also think... You need to have guys tackle to the ground before you get to the regular season. So Agreed. I'm with you on that. I think it is important to get these guys to tackle, get them used to taking hits again. Remember, these guys have not been hit to the ground since last January. So you want to get them used to that. A lot of the backups already did. There'll be a chance to get the starters used to that uh, tonight. So again, we'll be taking your calls at 201-939-4513. Now, there are some injured guys, Lance, that I would suspect would not play. Uh, I was going to say Evan Neal, but... Brian Dable seemed to indicate on Wednesday, last time he spoke to the media, that there's a chance he's going to play. So I think there's a chance we see him. Uh, Cole Beasley hasn't really practiced much this week, so I would assume he's not going to play. Colin Johnson hurt his knee in last week's game. I would assume he's not going to play. Marcus McKeithen just came off the injured list, so I don't know if he's going to be quite ready yet, to be honest with you, but that's a guy I would keep an eye on. Maybe yes, maybe no. Um, Gary Brightwell really yeah. isn't practice this week, so I would assume he's probably not going to play. Uh, defensively, uh, Ryder Anderson's out. Ryder Anderson's so, out, and I was yeah. I was going to give the other two DTs first because they're ahead of them on the depth chart. Uh, Nacho, where Keem Nunez-Roches hasn't done much this week, and neither has Sean Robinson. Both those guys have been kind of battling injuries, and those guys are veterans, so they know what they need to do. Uh, Nick McLeod hasn't practiced much uh, this week either, and DJ Davidson, obviously, and Wando Robinson have not been ready to practice yet either. So. And Davidson just came off of PUP. Correct. So, whereas Robinson is still, on, still PUP, on PUP, so therefore That's he definitely correct. can't play. Yeah. So those are the guys that I think maybe are not going to see the field because of injury, but who knows? Maybe one of them will surprise me too. I don't know for sure. Um, but that's pretty much where we're at in terms of uh, guys that have been missing time at practice due to injury. And that's why whoever is fully healthy, you want to get them in for a series or two, I think that's perfectly fine. Remember, Daniel Jones has a number of new weapons, John, around him that he has not been in a game setting with. And you can tell me all you want. The guys get together for a few days in the offseason. They're throwing against air, okay? They're not throwing against cornerbacks, safeties. And I understand they get a little bit of a litmus test in practice. But there is something that is significantly different between a game and any practice setting. I think, John, actually, most coaches, if you had a heart-to-heart conversation with them, they would tell you, although the joint practices are worthy and there's a lot of substance there, there's also a difference in intensity sure. between a joint practice and a preseason well, game. Well, for example, in the joint practices against Detroit, the Giants and Lions were not tackling to the ground. You yeah. do that in a, in a preseason game. Absolutely. 100% so agree. That's a significant difference. And then, obviously, it's elevated when you go from the preseason to the regular season. And it's also game mechanics, right? Coming in and out. Substitutions. Yeah. So that with the 10 men on the field, last week, right? Sure. Where, the, you know, Eric Gray's like, all right, well, I'm a running back. I just made a play maybe I wasn't thrilled with. I'm going to go to the bench. And, oh, wait a second. I got to do special teams. I'm not in college anymore. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So all those things are important in the game. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things I wanted to highlight that I found interesting, and players and coaches, you could argue a little bit of a different wavelength because coaches are going to go through the mechanics during a preseason, whether the starters play or not. So that's irrelevant. But if you notice, one of the things that Brian Dable pointed out was coaches get rusty just like players. Oh, yeah. So you've got to go through the motions of substitutions, 
whether or not you want to have a review. You may want to go through the process. Who communicates that mm-hmm. to you? Who's looking at the replay? Whether or not you want to go for it on fourth down. You know, those Managing little, timeouts. Yeah, the absolutely. Yeah. All of those intricacies, that's so valuable to just go through a test run with respect to the preseason. And actually, something that comes to my mind, if you recall, this was not with Brian Dable, but if you remember, if my memory serves me correctly, when Joe Judge took over as the head coach, he wanted to do like a simulated TV interview during one of the practices, right? You remember that happening? Where he had a practice session. This was at the stadium. He did a first half. He then came to speak to the guys up top. That's when they had the open blue-white scrimmage at the stadium. I remember this now. Yep. You came out for the second half. You did a post-game interview, and then you moved on. And the rationale behind that was he wanted everything simulated to what a game day setting is. Now, on the surface, I'm not saying that teams are going to improve their win total as a result of that. All I'm saying is... Like anything else, in a play, actors, right, they go through a dress rehearsal yeah. a few times before it actually counts. No different when it comes to players. So there is value from that standpoint, if anything else, that you want to delve into and take away from a game like what's going to happen, obviously, playing out tonight. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I can just speak for me. You know, I've been producing the in-game portion of Giant Games. This is my 17th year. Guess what? The first game of each year, I'm still like, oh, yeah, I got to do that. Oh, yeah, I got to do this. Oh, I forgot. I need to look at this during the game. And you forget. And then, you know, you get through a half and you're back. Oh, sure. And yeah. you're good. Routine. But you, but you don't want that to be the first half of the regular season game, right? If I may screw something up in the first half of the preseason game, all right, whatever. Not a huge deal. You can recover. Sunday Night Football, Giants and Cowboys, you don't want that mistake happening, right? Even if it's something that's just cost you five or six seconds that you forgot. That could be a thing. And that's like the thing for the for the coaches and the players as well. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. We have a lot of stuff to talk about today. So get on the line, talk some Giants football with us. Don't forget to go subscribe to the Giants Huddle podcast. We have a rapid reaction coming up later today. After the game, Madeline Burke and Howard Cross will get on. They'll do the rapid reaction. And we had our WFN show on Wednesday where I spoke to three of my former co-workers and the host of the three day parts on WFN, Greg Giannotti, Sal Licata, and then Evan Roberts, back-to-back-to-back. So go check that out on the Giants Huddle Podcast on your favorite podcast platforms. You go to the Giants app or Giants.com slash podcast. And if you're an Apple podcast and you subscribe to the Giants Huddle or Big Blue Kickoff Live or any of our other podcasts, go on, leave that five-star positive review. It will really help us out. And Giant fans, you still have a second to take your fan to the next level with a season ticket membership. Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2023 season. To learn more about all the exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available. 201-939-4513. Let's get to the phones here early, and then we'll touch on more things as we move along here in terms of things that Lance and I are focusing on, but we got a couple guys in the line. I want to get to them. Donnie in Queens will lead us off today. Hi, Donnie. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Happy game day. You too. Same to you. Um, one thing I think that's been a little underrated um, in terms of potential waiver wire pickups is the, the punt returning situation. And I want to preface this by I, I personally believe in very few instances should you actually being attempting to return punts. I, I think more bad comes from it than good. Well, Donnie, I, I'm going to interrupt you real quick, just really fast. If he does not screw anything up in the next two weeks, Eric Gray is going to be your punt returner. Yeah, and, and to me that's, that's just a terrible decision. Why? And, I, and I'll, I'll tell you why. So, so first off, I just don't believe in returning punts, generally speaking. But putting that to the side, if they're going to insist on doing it, 
I could be wrong. You can fact check that. If I just I just read this from a, a reportable, a reputable writer, I can't put my uh, memory on who it was, but I believe he returned two punts uh, in college, and he muffed them both. Um, he also had a very shaky return the other night. So particularly like opening night, I just don't see how you can throw a rookie back there with very few touches under his belt and potentially have him screw a game up for you. When are you? Kind of just my, no, that, that, well, Don, I just, just a quick follow-up. When would you be allowed to put a rookie back there then? Never? Um, he would have to have extensive history doing it in college for me to do it. Okay, not fair, just, fair not, answer. Not, not just catching the ball when you know you can't get hit or a couple of preseason catches. I mean, even just the other night, he had one that was completely ridiculous looking. To me... But he caught it. Yeah, he, I mean, he tripped up. I mean, that's basically what had happened. Okay. I mean, look, he caught, he caught the ball going to the ground. Yeah, which is, well, because he they, lost they his footing. Yeah. No, but, no, but to, yeah. to, to Donnie's point, and that's why I think, Donnie, you're going to— I mean, I would be surprised if you saw somebody other than him return a punt sometime in the next two preseason games. So if when they when they walk what they see, because at your point, you want to see him have to catch it when he's worried about getting hit, right? I think if he shows them enough in the next two games that he's trustworthy to do that, I think he's there. If he has some foibles, if he muffs the ball, if he's you know makes bad judgment calls on when to let it bounce, when to catch it, when the fair catch and all that stuff, and they decide, look, we can't trust this guy, then maybe they'll go with someone more experienced, like a you know Jamison Crowder if he makes the team, or Cole Beasley if he makes the team, who's done it before. Or Mickens too is another guy that yeah, comes to mind. Yeah, I, I think less chance of him actually. No, well, making well the I was going to bring that up. That's the problem. Yeah, I, I think you don't have the luxury to get back to the point. Donnie, that you're going to keep somebody that just has special teams experience. They have to be able to contribute in another position, and with the depth at wide receiver, the borderline guys that we're talking about don't have as strong of a chance to make the roster. That's why I think Eric Gray we know is going to be on the roster. We know that he's probably not going to play a prominent role on the ground in the early stage of the season, barring an injury to Saquon or Matt Breida. So therefore, the way he's going to contribute and solely focus on is special teams. And that's why I think they're preparing him accordingly for that. I, listen, I totally understand that. I just think you're asking for a huge mistake, uh, all for the possibility of maybe getting like six or seven extra yards on the return. The amount of penalties on stuff. Even the other night, he had a good kick return, right? Well, it came back. Yeah, well, it was a hold. Like, well, yeah, sure. Yeah, more times than not, it feels like big returns are called back. And you just think about and This will be my last point. I'll let you guys go. I mean, you want to get other callers. But no, you're good, man. The last year, nothing good came from the Giants attempting to return punts. The Seattle game was drastically influenced by them trying to attempt to return punts. They had the bad muff at the end of the Chicago, the first half of the Chicago game that kept the door open there. And Dory Jackson was lost for a long stretch of the season. So just me personally, I would just fair catch that sucker every single time. You know, sometimes maybe later in the season if you, you know, you really need a spark or something or if you had an Odell Beckham that you just really felt was sure-handed, although I'll point out he muffed his fair share of punts. It just never seems to make much sense to me. Just fair catch it, catch the ball, get the ball to your offense. Unless you can get some sort of veteran in here that, to Lance's point, can you know either play, help out on special teams in, in other fashions or as a receiver that can do it. But I think they're asking for a disaster putting the rookie back there. That's right. my two cents. No, fair, Thank you. fair call. Thank you, Donnie. Appreciate the point. Look, they've been working with him extensively in practice. Yeah, They're going to give him... Again, I'd be surprised if he didn't get every punt return and kick return stat. But look, we're really talking about punt return here, right? Kick return, you're not worried about getting hit an easy catch. And I think you're not worried about him there. I think punt is where you run into those issues. So I did look it up. 
In college, he had two punt returns in his junior year at Oklahoma. So that was his first year at Oklahoma, but third year in college. He had two returns and two muffs. Accurate. He also had seven returns for Tennessee. No muffs in those seven returns the two previous seasons. So he has more experience, but yes, he does have the two muffs there. I have to. I have not. I mean, I can, I can go watch them right now and tell you what happened on the two plays, um, if you want me to. But um, I think they will make sure they're comfortable with him. I think Donnie's right when unsure, err on the side of the fair catch. You know what I mean. So you don't necessarily want to try to have him catch the ball in traffic and make some big return and, and risk losing it. But you can't just automatically fair catch every punt either because all of these punts, Lance, if a, if a punter mishits a ball and he hits a line drive 52 yards but with no hang time or something like that, you're going to have a chance to gain 15, 20, 30 yards of field position without even having to do a whole lot on the return just because it's not a great kick. So... You have to have a guy back there that you believe can go out there and make the return work. Well, it's no different than on special teams, the coverage guys. I think I was explaining this on previous shows. You're going to have situations where you don't know whether or not on the kickoff return, the return man is just going to settle and Mm -hmm. take the fair catch to get to the 25-yard line. He may actually start running. So you as a coverage guy, right, you've got to be aware under all circumstances, that something could happen. It's no different than a return guy. You've got to be ready under all scenarios. And I would argue, and this is where I differ from the last caller, while on the surface it seems as if you just take a fair catch on a punt, coaches will tell you you can gain an extra four to five yards on the return. You know, that could be the difference between maybe getting into field goal range or and failing that, And by the way, field that range. one time you go and you score, you could have a really – game-changing type of play that can win a game for you. Like, if, yeah. you, if you were a return touchdown in a game, Lance, you look at the odds on that, I mean, it changes your chances of winning big time. Big well, time. That's more of a reason why I would dispute this point that you should just, oh, play conservative, don't worry about it, and just take the ball and get your offense out there. Because once again, you hear Thomas McGahee talk about this. It's the hidden yardage. Mm-hmm. The hidden yardage adds up. Over the course of a game. And I think if you could get even four to five yards, that could go a long way in terms of setting up another scoring opportunity. And I'm sure they're walking through all the situations with Eric Gray and they're telling him, you know, this may be in a situation late in the game. We want you to have the green light to return. Early in the second quarter, we may tell you, regardless of the alley, fair catch and live to see another day. I mean, that comes with the territory based on the game situation. So I don't think there's one rule of thumb where they're going to give him the green light every single time he goes out there. But I think they want to know that if they give him the thumbs up, that they trust he'll secure the ball and he'll be able to protect it as he surveys the field. And his two muffs were legitimate, not so great muffs. So fair enough. 201. I, I understand your concern, caller, but trust me, they're doing their due diligence to make sure he is ready to go if he's the one back there. Well, and here's the other thing real quick, John. You look yeah. at the depth chart with respect to the unofficial depth chart, but, I mean, even the other guys in the vicinity of maybe replacing Eric Gray, you're talking about Khalil Pimpleton. How many regular season returns has Khalil Pimpleton had? Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I, I mean, I think if you're not going with Gray for guys that are likely to make the roster, Lance, I think you're down to – I think you're looking at, like – Beasley, Shepard, Slayton. And those would be guys that would literally be the old Phil McConkey, just catch the ball and call a fair catch type yeah, of situation. Well, but you know what you're going to have is this is going to be the same conversation. How could you put a guy in as a returner? Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know how I feel. I'm totally fine. 
I'm right. all for playing starters because you should put your best players out there. Antonio Brown did it for the Steelers for years. But you know what's going to happen. Uh, I know. The argument is, all right, you don't want the young, inexperienced guy? Fine. Then you go the opposite end of the spectrum. You put in the guy that you feel best about. Now, Cole Beasley, by the way, has not been a return man since like 17, 18, I want to say. It's been a long time. I don't think he's done it since he was on the Dallas Cowboys. So there's some rust there. And I don't know how many reps. It doesn't seem like he's been out there practicing in terms of the return game because I don't think they envision him in that role. But nah, Slayton's been catching more yeah. than he has. So there. all I'm saying mm-hmm. is, is that you don't want Eric Ray? Fine. Then be prepared to go with a guy that actually does contribute on offense. And the first time... That he gets the ball, makes a play, goes down hard, and gets hurt like a Dory. Those same people who called for the inexperience to remove itself are going to get annoyed that a regular guy was taken out of the lineup because he got hurt on special teams. So you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I think like any other young player, it's no different than when you talk about a young quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. They got to play. That's the only way they learn. You throw them into the deep end. You take the swimmies off, okay? It's no more Kermit and Miss Piggy anymore. It's you all the way in the pool. And let's see if you can handle yourself. I think that's the approach, even with a return guy. Did you have the bright pink Miss Piggy swimmies? No, I can't say I speak from experience. I did have some characters. I don't think it was the Muppets. It may have been G.I. Joe or something like that. Oh, I love G.I. Like Joe swimmies. Yeah. Nice, all yeah. right. A little Sergeant Slaughter, something to that degree. Now, Sergeant Slaughter, G.I. Joe, or Sergeant Slaughter wrestler? No, Sergeant Slaughter, G.I. Joe. Okay. But I, I think of him more synonymous with mm-hmm. wrestling. I got you. More so than G.I. Joe. Pretty good. Yeah. Right. I love G.I. Joe. Run or walk with Giants Legends. The Giants Foundation will host a 5K racing kids run presented by Quest on Sunday, October 8th at 9 a.m. at MetLife Stadium. Net proceeds will benefit the Giants Foundation. All participants will receive a commemorative T-shirt after the race. Stay for a post-race festival. What is post-race if it's after the race? With appearances by Giants Legends and a live DJ. Register now at Giants.com slash 5K. All right, back to the lines. I don't know. People think like Jeff Fiegel's this year. Everyone wants to talk about special teams. Let's go to Cliff in New York. He's up next. Hey, Cliff. Hey, guys. Thanks for the chat about the punting. Uh, yep. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I get the, the reservations uh, uh, about Gray, but... I was very intrigued to hear that they were going to use him there because when he was first introduced to us when we drafted him, they said, this is not a guy that's a breakaway guy that's going to go all the way, you know, on a, on a running play, but he's going to zig and zag and he's going to get, you know, quite a few yards more than three or four when he does his thing. He has good, sh- good, good short area quickness and contact balance is how, frankly, we described him in the draft process, and I was happy to see that's the way the coaches describe him as well at the press conferences. Yeah, and and so what kind? So the kind of punt. Re, what what's wrong with a twenty yard punt return? You know, when did we have that last? We had a couple of those with with Peppers, Jabril. And yeah, but Cliff, I mean, it's not so much twenty. I, I think if you get a six or a seven yard punt return, you'll take that. I mean, once again, I would argue I think yeah. that adds up and that makes a difference. But again, I will. Yeah, and but, I, look, and I'm not saying Don. I agree with Donnie 100. percent But I will to his defense. I'd be willing to sacrifice the occasional six or seven yard punt to avoid one or two muffs over the course of a 16 game season because those sure. muffs oh, yeah. can change games. Of course, the yeah. same well, way that change down returns it, can change field games. position. That's what it's a matter of. Well, muffs can one turnovers too. Yeah, well, but that's also yeah. field position in terms of you're right. giving the opposition great field position. Sure. Right. Well, the, this guy seems to have the capability to give us, you know, maybe a 13 yard return. You know, and uh, and. Uh, when when did we see those? You know, and uh, and that to me maybe is a clue as to where the, they're going with the whole offense because um, I, I don't I don't know you know 
how much time it's going to take before they can they they can send um, uh, uh, our, our new phenom on a go route, um, a Hyatt, uh, uh, and, and have enough time to, to to throw the ball sixty yards down the field. Um, and I, I I'm thinking that the explosive plays are going to be you know between the twenties and that uh, the, the thirty five yards is quite explosive enough for me. And that we saw some of that last year already with Slayton, uh, some some the, some you know more than short outs that he caught that were big plays, uh, big third down plays, and with um, with Hodgins also. So I'm beginning to think that that um, the the big improvement in the offense isn't necessarily going to be like bombs. You know, it's funny like a bomb isn't an explosive play, and <laughs> it is. But but um, I, I, explosive to me means a lot of yards after the catch on a. On a, on a short pass or a run from scrimmage and uh, or a screen. Yeah, both uh, work. When, when, yeah. Sure do. But uh, meanwhile, I also wanted to ask you about what you thought about Dable and his presser on Monday when people were pressing him about, uh, you know, the roster. And I've enjoyed all the talk that we've had here about the roster. But his answer was, you know, he's really not thinking about that yet because it's the middle of training camp. Do you think that's just coach speak or – or uh, is he really trying to teach us something about what he's doing uh, and not really thinking about the, the roster at this stage, maybe after this game? I think it's partly coach speak. You have to understand, Dable's a product of Bill Belichick, Cliff. So, I mean, he knows all the tricks <laughs> of the trade with respect to giving the media basically nothing and no. you trying to read into that as much as you'd like. I do believe that on any given day, he's worried about what he has to do that day, getting practiced on, evaluating the tape. And in that way, Brian Dable is very much a day-to-day type of coach. Worry about yeah. today, today. But at a quiet moment at the end of the day, is he thinking who he's going to want on the 53 and who he's not? Sure. Does he have like a like a chart on his board where he's writing the names in? No, probably not. So I, I think there are different ways to kind of talk about it and answer those questions. Yeah, but I think it's possible he has a chart on his wall that stays there and he looks at it from time to time. Sure. And conversations with Joe Shane. I mean, we've seen clips on Hard Knocks previously where there's a constant flow of dialogue on the roster. And I'm sure that happens. And I guarantee you that's happening. But, I mean, when the media asks him, He's in no position because it doesn't do anything good, Cliff. You have to understand from the team standpoint, he's not going to give the media a hint of, well, you know, player A has the edge on player B, and then tomorrow, you know, the guy gets hurt, and it completely changes the dynamics of the depth chart. So I would argue whether you want to read into it or not, there's no incentive for him to reveal anything in terms of what they're thinking about the roster. Do you think Wink did that with McFadden the other day? What do you mean? You, oh, you uh, mean wink, wink. When, when he said he was in the lead over Beavers? Yeah. yeah the, the reason why I wasn't so taken back from that is, and we brought this up on this program, in the offseason, when Wink met with the media, they were asking about who stood out in the spring. Unsolicited, Wink brought up Micah McFadden's name. Nobody even asked him a question about Micah McFadden. So, you know, he was very forthright with the media, which is rare, okay? But, you know, Wink's been around the block a few times, okay? This is not his first rodeo. So I wasn't that surprised when he admitted that about McFadden because he's been very high on McFadden going back to the early stages of the offseason. Okay. Well, you know, uh, it's funny you mentioned Jeff because uh, I did catch up on my huddles, and I went all the way back to the one with Jeff. I, I enjoyed the ones with the fan, the fan guys. I never knew what they looked like. That was nice. 
and and uh, there was they were really very entertaining. On the rest of the punting game, though, it's all right with me if Jamie Gillen kicks it out of bounds. I, I thought that when we brought in all this new talent, we were going to really have elite special teams, if not immediately, pretty soon, and it doesn't look that way. So uh, I, I don't know um, if anybody thinks that's a problem. Uh, I, I expected even somebody like Paris uh, might end up uh, uh, contributing there, but maybe they don't want to do that. All right, Cliff. Thanks for the call, man. Hey, look, I don't think we know what the spe- – I mean, who's on the – I mean, I know they gave the touchdown last week, but do we know that the guys that are actually on special teams on that play are actually going to be the guys playing special teams in the regular season? Same way people lost their mind. Oh, the Giants couldn't protect in the second half. Well, yeah, well, the guys that were protecting in the second half at offensive tackle are not going to be the starting offensive tackles or even the backup offensive yeah, tackle. Yeah, they may not even be on the roster. On the 53. Yeah. So I think everyone – it's okay. It's okay. The overanalysis of preseason football. You got to love it. Tom in Stratford, he wants to overanalyze tonight's game. Hi, Tom. No, I don't. You, gentlemen, you stole my thunder. I was going to call up and say, everyone should just relax and just enjoy the game for what it is because we're not going to see the real offense and the real defense and the raw, and the real game planning until opening night. We're not going to show off any of our new gadgets and our new plays so uh, Dallas can game plan for it ahead of time. So just relax. Have faith in our management. And uh, we'll see it through. No, Tom, and you're right. Uh, I was listening to the Move the Sticks podcast with uh, Daniel Jeremiah the other day. He was had he had Lance Zerline on. Bucky was off. I think he was traveling for the Jaguars. And Daniel Jeremiah, remember, he's a former scout, and he said, "Look, yep. preseason's a liar. Like yeah. the lie. I mean, you see stuff, and it, do, it doesn't really matter all that much." He says, "You don't take what you see in a preseason game with a grain of salt. You take it with a rock of salt, a boulder of salt." So <laughs> yeah. you're a thousand percent right, Tom. It's fun exactly. to see the guys out there, but everything yeah. these teams do is simple, basic parts yeah. of their playbook. No one's game planning for anyone to any significant extent. So, yes, times a million. I think you can watch some individuals to see how they do in some individual matchups. I think that matters. Like, if you have a young offensive tackle, how is he going to block? Like, if if Evan Neal happens to play tonight, I don't know if he is, how is he going to do blocking Brian Burns if Brian Burns plays, right? I don't know. Exactly. I, I think exactly. that, that, but that, those are the type of, in, how are the rookie corners going to do against some Panther yeah. wide receivers that are veterans? Like if, if Adam Thielen plays, I want to see how Deontay Banks has to cover Adam Thielen. You know, I want to see, uh, I want to see if, uh, yeah, or Trey Hawkins can run with DJ Chark, right? I don't know. Again, I don't know who's playing for yeah, Carolina. Yeah, Hayden Hurst, who they brought uh, in a tight yeah, end. Yeah, all that guy, stuff. You know, yeah. What you want to look for is the individual matchups, Tom. Generally speaking, the score, team performance, I'm going to crumple that up, and I'm going to throw it away. I want to see how the individual players do in their matchups. That'll maybe tell you how they're going to do in the regular season. Comes. And you know what? The Giants are the perfect example to be precautious of what exactly is going to happen in preseason because how many times have we talked about players that look fantastic in a preseason game, and then all of a sudden nothing transfers to the regular season? So, you know, that's another reason why you got to be cautious of that because I think at the end of the day most coaches will tell you, they want the preseason games to maybe mimic some of the flashes they see in practice. So if a guy does really good against the Giants' defensive backs, let's see how he fares against Carolina's defensive backs. Let's see if it's not just what we're seeing because he's familiar with what the defense is running, but he could do that again against unfamiliar opponents. And then you put that up against what you see in practice, and then you determine whether or not that moves the needle. But it's not necessarily an indication that player X, Y, or Z is going to have X amount of snaps in the regular season. It's 
especially since most of these regulars are not going to be out there. Yep. Exactly right. And I have two quick questions. Sure. Um, can players on the PUP, can they participate in practice? No. No. They can, they, they can only oh. work out on the side. Oh, okay. Like, like, and, yeah, and, and basically that's rehab stuff, running with the trainers. They can do no football activity with other players or coaches okay. while they're on the PUP list. You got to have to understand, okay. Tom, it stands for physically unable to perform. So if they allowed them yeah, to practice, exactly. it would pretty much go against the fabric of what that label is about. Correct. Okay. And then my last question uh, is, um, you think Wink's comment about McFadden being ahead of Beavers was designed perhaps to motivate Beavers a little bit more? Maybe. I mean, you never know what these coaches are trying to do in terms of getting the players motivated. You go back to what he said to, to Kayvon Thibodeau in a meeting, which, which he, you know, sure. talked about. Maybe that was meant to try to motivate Kayvon into doing stuff. So, but again, he does that with all the players with his, you know, um, keeping it real parts of his team meeting. So, yep. yeah, look, Tom, I, I never know what a coach is thinking or what he's trying to accomplish. But, yeah, I mean, most coaches, at least the good ones, don't just go out and say things willy-nilly without a reason for saying it. So I'll, I'll, I would think about it that way. Yeah, there's always an intent well, behind that. So the other thing you have to take into consideration is, and this is why I wasn't necessarily startled by that announcement, Beavers has not been 100% healthy still. So given the fact that he's been limited to a certain degree and did not play in the first preseason game, yeah, by default, McFadden should be technically ahead of him, right? Yeah, I He's wonder. Been by right. far more active. Yeah, two guys that, remember, were practicing but didn't play in the first preseason game were Darian Beavers and Sterling Shepard coming off their injuries. We'll see if those guys are able to go tonight. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for taking my call. Uh, enjoy the game, and uh, we'll talk again next week. No, oh, thank you, Tom. Right. Good stuff, Sounds man. Good. The 2023 NFL schedule is out and has been for a while, and that means single-game tickets are on sale now. Couple games already sold out, folks. Nothing available, so don't miss the Giants at MetLife Stadium this season for some of those other games. Visit Giants.com slash tickets to secure your seat. And while you're online, go download Giants TV, the Giants official connected TV streaming app. It brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. Get on the line, folks. You have a couple open lines at 201-939-4513. Still 30 minutes of show to go. Let's go to Chuckles in Portland, Maine. Hi, Charlie. Hey, guys. What's, What's up? up? How are you? Wow, there was a momentary <laughs> relief where there was a pause. We thought we got lucky. <laughs> Charlie sounds a little yeah, down he today. He, he seems a little, like, low-key. Are you okay, yeah. Charlie? Everything all right? Oh, oh I'm fine. Okay, hey, John. Yes. I can't wait to see the offensive linemen tackle uh, people to the ground. That, that's going to be good. Well, well, you, you don't want the offensive linemen <laughs> tackling people to the ground, Charlie. But you know what? I know. I, I, look, I don't, I don't. Obviously, you're making a joke. I, you know, I, I don't know who's going to play from the Panthers' defense, but do I want to see the variety of Giants' interior offensive linemen trying to block Derek Brown? Damn right I do. Derek Brown is a really good young offensive uh, defensive tackle. I want to see how Brian Burns works against either, yeah, preferably yeah, Evan Neal, because I think I, we all know Andrew Thomas is good. I don't really need to see him do anything except walk out of this game healthy for the record. But what I'd like to see Brian Burns get a couple rushes against Evan Neal to see how he does. Yeah, why not? I want to, I want to be able to analyze this stuff. Also, Carolina's yeah, secondary yeah. is pretty good, too. Yeah, 100%. They have a lot of veterans, a nice mix in terms of safety and corner. I just I don't know how many of those guys are going to play, but if Daniel does play yeah. with some of the first-team offense, you'd like to see how those matchups play out as well. Yeah, well, I, what I want to see is, look, Coffer, you know, had a presser in the beginning of the year, and he said, this team needs to start faster than we have. Yeah. And 
I'm talking to all the coaches, and we need to do that. And the way you do that is to get in sync before the first game. you got to have your starters play together at least in one game. You know, your starting offensive linemen, your starting wide receivers, your starting running back, your starting quarterback, your starting tight end, and get a couple of series in or at least a first quarter so you can get in sync. If they don't do that, we're going to start off slow again in Dallas. They got to do that at least one preseason game. I mean, my God, the Super Bowl champions do that. I mean, Holmes has been playing since the first preseason game. I mean, you know, Daniel Jones is not on that caliber. He needs the practice. He needs to get. He's great in shells, but when he's got you know real games, he's not quite as good. Like when the Detroit practice, he was like five for eleven and. He didn't look so great when he actually had some pass rushing. Now, in out. fairness, so, Charlie, part of that was in one-on-ones and seven-on-seven with seven was no pass rush. So it really had nothing to do with pass rush in the scrimmage either, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, exactly. So they need to play together. They need to do it. I think they should play a quarter this game, and they should definitely do something in the third game because they need to get in sync, and they need to be able to stop. Well, back. Charlie, I think you will be happy with the amount of time the starters play tonight. You think they're all going to start? You think Barkley's going to play? He, and look, and I said this with Paul when I was on Wednesday. He's the one starter I don't know. Because it's running backs, and yeah. he's on the one-year yeah. deal. I, you know, And I wonder, too, I, again, I have no idea if this happened. And Barkley could be clamoring to play for all I know. But could be possible, too, his agent basically said, look, he's on a one-year deal. Can you guys not play him in the preseason? Like, I, yeah. would, would, like would that have shocked me if that conversation happened? No. I have yeah. no idea if it did. And knowing Saquon the way we all know Saquon, he probably wants to go out there and play, to be quite honest with you. So he's yeah. the one starter, Charlie, that I would be like, eh, maybe not. But who knows? Yeah. Maybe he's yeah. convinced, the, convinced the coach that he wants to be out there, and then they'll put him out there. I have no idea. Something tells me, though, I don't know if the coaching staff would have interest in playing him, but we'll see because, you know, I think they want to make sure that he is ready to go, especially since he wasn't with the team during the course of the offseason as well. And remember, they took it very slow with him the year where he was coming off the injury, too. I mean, uh, we... When's the last time he played in a preseason game? That's what I'm saying. So that's, you add up all that. That, up, that actually, would probably be... The, the biggest development tonight would be if Saquon Barkley is involved yeah. and out there. But it sounds like they want to play him more in the uh, passing game, so they might want to try it uh, in preseason. But the other thing is I- I'm looking forward to see uh, Tommy D again. I want to see if uh, he can improve and if he can play as well as he did uh, last week and improves upon it. I think we got somebody. Somebody with That's respect to what? Just out of curiosity. I, maybe I shouldn't even ask that question. Well, what are you scouting <laughs> for? The third-string quarterback? That's what you're no, determining? He could Charlie take, has he abandoned could take TNT. Him. Charlie's out on TNT, and he's <laughs> no, all about no, Tommy he, D. TNT out, Tommy D in. Yeah, I mean. Uh, no, uh, you know, Tommy D in, uh, Gomer Jones out. That's what Oh, I my hope. God. You're an idiot. <laughs> I mean, goodbye. Uh, See, Charlie, uh, this is go- – goodbye. Thank you. See, we were having this conversation the other day, and we were having a conversation about our different callers, and – one thing somebody said to Trash, you know, occasionally, like at the start of the call, he'll have a point that's like fairly cogent and it's good. And then as you go further into the call, he'll then bring in the one that makes zero sense. Of course. Well, that's his go. routine. Correct. Sure. Yes. Yeah. You know, he's got a shtick if you want to <laughs> look at it from that standpoint. He starts off good. And then in his mind, he goes, I have to ruin this in some capacity. <laughs> How can I screw this up? Well, I think Charlie, by nature, is someone that wants to push the envelope. That could be. I think you're giving him too much credit, I though, think I with respect to that. To. So I wouldn't go that far. All right, so let's see. Saquon Barkley, he played six snaps in 2018. 
No snaps in 2019, no snaps in 2020, no snaps in 2021. He did play 12 snaps last year. I forgot that he played in a preseason game last year, but he did. He played 12 C snaps last year um, in the preseason. That curiosity. Yeah, which, which game? game? Do you have that? that? I'm curious if it was the second or the third game. It was the first game. The first game the they Patriots. threw him in. Yes. Okay. That's so. interesting that it was the first game. All right. That's interesting. He did not play in week two. Or yeah, week I mean, three. listen, it's possible. Who knows? Maybe did they... he get banged up? In the training camp last year, Saquon? I don't recall off the top of my head. I'd have to look that up. I know 2021, that was obviously recovering from yeah. the previous, the injury. So I understood that they took him slow with respect to that. Last think, year, I don't, I don't remember him tweaking anything. In training camp, I don't remember that I think either. it was more of just a relaxed, yeah, step probably. back type of approach, if anything. So, you know, who knows? Maybe they do duplicate that. Maybe yeah. maybe they had conversation and Saquon also, you know, sometimes the player says, guys, I want to get hit. I want to feel the hit and I think I've heard before Sa- the start of the regular season. And I think I've heard Saquon yeah. say that too. So from that standpoint, if Saquon is campaigning for that, you want to put him in for a series in this game or the next game, that's fine. And it may make more sense to do it the third game because you're a little bit closer yeah, maybe. to the start of the regular season. Again, I don't. I don't think it's a huge deal either way, to be honest with you. That's just my opinion. But whatever they want to do, it'll be fine. Well, I think per- you have to trust the coaches to handle their guys. Yeah, right. and, and I think, listen, if you're looking for somebody on the first team, it's far more important for Daniel to get work with a Jalen Hyatt. I would argue Waller because they haven't played together in a game. You know, those are the people that you want to see out there with the quarterback. Saquon's been out there with Daniel Jones. And I think the two things that I'll look for too, Lance, and wow, we got three more guys on the line, Ralph, Doug, or Doug first, then Ralph, then Roy. We'll get to you shortly. Jeff Eagles used to tell me something about the dress rehearsal game, and I'll consider that for our exercise today. But I think we'll probably see it in preseason game three as well. Look at who's on the coverage units yeah. on the first kicks and return units, kicks and punts of the game. That will give you a big hint as to who this team is considering as their top special teams players and are probably going to be on the roster. And I will, and I did it last year. Check that. So keep an eye on that. And the other thing, you said you want Daniel to work with his receivers. Agree 100%. For me, if this is the only game, and again, maybe they'll play the starters again in game three. I don't know how, how they're going to do it. But if this is the game where the starters play, does what the first five offensive linemen, who they are and where they line up, indicative of what we're going to see week one against Dallas? I think it's possible. I will say this. If you're going to put your starting quarterback out there, you have to put in your first team offensive line. And that's There's my no point. exception so to that. So if they think this is their best five, now, things can change in the next three weeks. We're still three weeks until we get to kickoff, or yeah. 23 days technically, until we get to kickoff Giants-Cowboys. Does this indicate what they're thinking about for their starting five, and more importantly, where they line up. Is using Bredesen at right guard? We've seen Azudu starting at left guard. Is Bredesen going to be the left guard? Remember, Bredesen played right guard in the first preseason game. Do they just want to make yeah. sure he hits another spot? I don't know the answers to these questions. Yeah, I don't know if you could read so much into that because I could see them. They may line up a guy that is still competing for right. a starting spot. I don't think that means he's a liability. It just means, okay, we need to see him in game action against somebody that we're not going up against in practice At on a, a daily basis. a specific position, too. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, to your point, if you brought out a Zudu tonight, okay, I'm just throwing that out there, and you put him at left guard where Bredesen has been at times— I wouldn't say that that's a lock that Azudu won the job. It's just maybe, okay, 
Let's see what the younger player can do in that spot. Especially in a against game starters, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that may That's be point. pretty much what they're reading into. All right, let's go to Doug in Glen Falls. He's up next. Hello, Doug. Hello, Hi, John. Doug. What's up? One of the things I wanted to ask, and I was going to call him yesterday, but it didn't work out. Um, is there a rule still with a practice squad or the active day roster about keeping two offensive linemen? Uh, you can protect them on the on the practice squad or on active day on standby in case of injuries. There's some there, something was going on during COVID, but maybe that's not an effect. No, they, they don't have guys on standby anymore, but you can call two guys up and activate yeah. them on game day if you like, and they can be of any position. Yeah, you go from 46 to 48 on game day. Mm-hmm. Oh, you do? Okay. Um, I don't well, know. Wait, hold I on. No, no. I think, that. isn't it still 46, but then you just have to deactivate two of your guys on your 53? Well, you, okay, so it's 53 to 55. Right, but then yeah, you still go then, down then, to 46. Then you still have to go down to 46. Right. Correct, yes. Mm-hmm. you adding extra bodies, and most of those guys are insurance policies. Correct. But you still have to abide by the rules in terms of who can actually be active. And the other thing is this third quarterback rule, too. It's important to note the third quarterback has to be on the 53-man roster. You can't just take him from the practice squad and make an exception. You have to put him on the 53. Then he's on the 53. That's when you could dress him and he could be on standby in the event that something does happen. You can call up the quarterback off the practice squad, but you can only do that twice, and he doesn't count as the emergency quarterback then. He'll take up a normal roster. Spot. Yeah, well, that's my right. point. Yep. My point mm-hmm. is he has to take up a spot yep. on the 53. If you want to be the emergency quarterback. Without a doubt. Yeah, I think there was this thought process, oh, you just take him off the practice squad, and he's available. No, he no. has to count against the 53 Correct. before you can even get to that point. Anything Doug? else, Doug? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is is the contract changed because usually in the preseason, a couple of games are on local TV. Is the thing with um, NFL Network changed so they get some more preseason games for some reason? No, all of the games are on local TV. Um, the Giants, for example, will be on NBC4 tonight at 7 o'clock. We'll be on NBC4 against the Jets at 6 o'clock next Saturday. Um, but the NFL Network, I don't know. I don't think they send out their own crew to any game. No, they what don't. they will do, they will just take the team's local broadcast and put it on NFL Network. So that hasn't changed anything. And you'll usually get one network game from each of the partners, I believe. Yeah, Fox, I don't, I don't know if Amazon's doing it, but I know Fox, I don't think Amazon is CBS, doing NBC, and they, I think ESPN all have one yeah. Well, ESPN, there's a Monday night game. game this week. Oh, is there? Yeah, okay. And then the NBC game's the Hall of Fame preseason game. Right. So we already saw that. So Fox and CBS also have one test run on their schedule. Yep. And that's normally the group of national games. And I could tell you last night, for example, the Eagles played the Browns. NFL Network took the Philly broadcast. Right. So that's what NFL Network normally does. Usually they'll yeah. take the home team broadcast yeah. for those games. If exactly. I remember and Philly was the home team. So on the replay, fun. they'll rotate it. They'll do like one half one side, one half the other side. But yep. for, for the live version, they'll take the home team. See, right. John, why I'm ask, asking the question, because Paulie was on yesterday, and he, he told everybody that you couldn't, NBC wasn't carrying the game tonight. It was only going to be found on TV-wise on the NFL no, Network. There's, there's so no way. There's, there, there, there's no way Paul said that. Yes, he did. Yesterday. Well, he, well, he must have misspoke then, because, I mean, we were just in a production meeting with the TV guys doing the game yesterday. Like we know, we know they're doing the game on oh, NBC Four. So, Paul, either okay. you, either either you misunderstood or Paul misspoke. The game will be on NBC Four tonight at seven o'clock. Oh, okay. 
But more Thank importantly, you. go check us out on the radio on WFAN FM. Because the Yankees are on the AM side, go check us out on the FM side. So you can do that too. Thank you, Doug. All right, Doug. Appreciate it. Yep. Let's go to Ralph in Florida. He has some preseason questions as well. Hi, Ralphie. Hey, uh, hi, John. Um, and man, how you doing? Nice talking to you guys. You too, man. Um, yep. I think Doug got it confused. Paul said uh, that Tim from Charleston was trying to see if he could get the game in Charleston. And Paul uh, said, unfortunately, they don't have, they don't stream it in, yeah. you know, out of, out of market. But Correct. the NFL Network is showing it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, NFL, I'm not, I don't know. Are they carrying our game live tonight, the NFL Network? I have no I idea. Yeah. It's possible. One, There's two games. There's the, Falcons-Bengals is the other game. Right, so I don't know. Maybe they're taking right. – yeah, they may take Atlantis-Cincy. I don't know what's on NFL Network schedule. But the right. fact that there's only two games, so you got a 50% chance. But if yeah. anything, they may be replaying it maybe after the game that they take live. They are taking it live? Yeah, they are okay. taking it live so at 7 o'clock. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So well, if you're out of market, then you'll still be able to watch the broadcast. But, of course, if right. you're in New York, we highly suggest you watch on NBC4 rather than watching yeah. an NFL network. Of course, of course. Um, but, um, guys, so listen, my thing with the preseason, I mean, everybody's clamoring for the starters to play, and I get it. Everybody wants to see – the new look offense and all that. But like you said, it's going to be vanilla offense, very basic stuff. My concern, and I think, I don't know, I'm just speaking, you know, my opinion. I think the coach's biggest prerogative of this game is to see who's going to be that person, God forbid somebody gets injured, that can take that next step up to fit, you know, to, 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 to help take over that position and we don't lose a step. Like, those are the players I think that most people are forgetting to watch. I want to watch the backups. I want to see who's going to be able to go if, God forbid, any 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 starter goes down. Who's going yeah. to step in, and are we going to be worried about that? Like, those are my biggest concerns going into the preseason. Like, yeah, I would love to see Daniel Jones throw the wild and high. Yeah, but for what? It doesn't mean anything. And you're risking injury on your starter. No, Ralph, you're, so, you're absolutely right, Ralph. The only reason we brought up the starters today is because that's who we think. This is probably the one game where they're going to play. So we right. figured this was the game you would talk about them. But, no, to your point – Preseason's important so that you have, and I will then pass the torch to the captain of depth to my left, to make sure you have the proper depth on your roster so that, to your point, Lance, if guys go down, you know, you have capable backups to step in and you don't miss a beat. Yeah, but the only thing that I'll add to that is, and I'm just interpreting what you were talking about, is, for example, if Tommy DeVito goes out there and lights up the third team of the Carolina Panthers, not to take anything away from Tommy, but that's not necessarily an indication that you're in better shape if, God forbid, you got to the third quarterback, that exactly what he did against the third stringers is going to transfer over to a regular season right. game against the ones of the opposing team. But so, maybe Matt Paird and Tyree Phillips get some snaps against yeah, the Panthers well, starters well, I, or even their backups. Sure, sure. Absolutely. And, and things like that, I think you could definitely put some stock in. But I think you also, when you're evaluating who could step in, my point is you have to also understand who they're going up against oh, in absolutely, the game. Absolutely, That's all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Lance. I'm not arguing that. But again, what you and like you're saying against the second and third team, good. But if you're going to be a capable backup, you should dominate the second and third yeah. team. That's Absolutely. Point. Yeah. Sure. And that's no. what I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah. Like, to be honest with you, like I know Paul's dark horse is Cook, but I thought he played exceptionally. Even though he's going up against the threes or not, he was somebody that stood out as nobody even talks about him. Like you know what I mean? A player like that, like. You know, a sneaky who can we can see if he's like you said, John, on that first team, second team punt unit. Like, can he be a, a gunner? Like those type of players. Like, you know what I mean? Those yeah. are the type of players uh, that are intriguing to me. Those are more important than watching the starters go. You know, because again, 
Well, I'm not going to get excited to September 10th, Monday Night Football. I mean, Sunday Night Football. That's it. I'm not going to get excited no, that is, for anything else. That is the right yeah. approach, Ralph. I appreciate the call, man. Thank you very uh, much. Thank you. Have a great weekend, guys. Yeah, yeah. You, you too, man. Re- Enjoy the game tonight. I mean, the perfect example I give you for the first preseason game was guys like Taman Fox and O'Shane Zimenez. Yeah. When they so, Taman get Fox after played the pretty well, by the way. He did. Uh, Baldonado had some yeah. flashes. So, could you say to yourself, okay, hey, they could win their one-on-one battles. We'd like to see if they could do that again. And then maybe that determines we keep him as one of those depth guys with respect to the pass rush. Could he be in the conversation of pushing for that third pass rusher that I think is important for the Giants to find? You oh, know, anything, observations yeah. like that are certainly important takeaways. Well, dude, how about like Matt Paird, for example? Julian Okwara gave Corey Cunningham and Wyatt Davis all they could handle. Did he ever? Yeah, but the Aquara brothers did, I would say. But I thought yeah. Matt Parrott did a pretty good job against those two guys. So if these two guys are tearing up somebody else, but then, oh, Matt Parrott, he does a good job and slows them down and doesn't let them blow up the quarterback. Well, what does that tell you? That tells you that Parrott's probably playing pretty well, and he has a chance to be your swing tackle, which is a big deal. Yeah. And remember, he played almost primarily right tackle against Detroit. I don't think he took a snap at left tackle. I will check that right now. So I wonder, Lance, if they're going to try to get him um, some snaps on the left side tonight after Andrew Thomas comes out of this game. I'm sure he's not going to play more than a, you yeah. Know, if you see Andrew Thomas or more than like a you know dozen plays in this game, I'd be surprised because why would you? He's Andrew Thomas. Um, but I'm sure they would like to try to get him some snaps backing up Andrew Thomas because if he's your swing tackle, he's got to be ready to step in and and play both of those spots. So that'll be an important. Actually, you know what? I'm looking at this. It looks like, is that true? Wasn't Parrott the starting right tackle against Detroit? I'd have to look at that again. The PFF has him playing all 32 snaps at left tackle against Detroit. I thought Parrott was at right tackle against the Lions. I have to go back and look at that. But either way, so they have Parrott at the left side um, against Detroit. So if that's the case, then I'm sure they'll try to get him on the right side. On the right side, side. yeah, game. I was going to so, say. Bottom I mean, line, they want to make sure they give Parrott a yeah. chance in a game at both tackles. Well, and that's, that's what I'm point. trying to yeah. say. I mean, if he is in consideration for the swing tackle, he has to show that he can handle each side of the equation. Remember, Tyree Phillips who assumed that role last season, has also been lining up at guard, and he, on the unofficial depth chart, has been penciled in at three different spots as a backup. And remember, if you're going to keep four or five guys, and actually Bobby Johnson talked about this the other day when the assistants met with the media, he echoed a lot of what we've said on this program, which is that guys have to be interchangeable because a lot of the reporters ask Bobby Johnson questions about where guys line up, and he says, you know, unless your name is Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal, you better be able to play multiple positions because Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal, they're not worried about, can Andrew Thomas kick into left guard if need be? That's not even going to be entertained, okay? No, because there's not a planet in which you will ask him to do that. So you remove those two guys. Everyone else, including the two starting guards and the center, have to be able to show the Giants that they can move around in case on the fly in a game you Mm -hmm. may be pressed where you got to take your center, you got to move him to left guard. And then all of a sudden, you got to bring in the backup center because he may only have experience at center as opposed to guard. It's that puzzle that you have to squeeze in. And the Giants, unfortunately, have been in that situation sometimes within a game. Remember when Nick Gates got hurt against Washington a few seasons ago? Yep. They had to, on the fly, just like that, start moving people around. No, Pear was at left tackle. 
I was incorrect. I remembered wrong. Yeah, so they'll probably give Chip Hurd a chance at right tackle at some point in this game. He's been taking most of his snaps in practice at right tackle since Neil had the head injury. So that's probably yep. where I got the two flipped a little bit there. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Roy is in Charleston. Roy, how are you? Hey, I'm good. John, Lance. Good to hear you this morning, Lance, on um, the uh... – uh, airing it out, wasn't it? Yeah, serious. XM NFL Radio. All right, so, Roy, Lance didn't yeah. give me anything. How much did him and Charlie Weiss bicker back and forth during that show? Was it a lot or, or no, minimal? No, he actually agreed with just about everything I said. No, before. I don't believe that Go for back a and listen on the archives. You can check it out. True. I'm telling you, man. He <laughs> did. Tell you, they're, they're, like, they're like old married women, I swear, man. Just huh. bickering back and forth. You wouldn't believe it. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know what show you were listening to <laughs> this morning. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and then the other thing is, can you picture little Lance with G.I. Joe swimmies on? I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> that was too much, guys. Come on. <laughs> hey, you know you what? Know. I don't know if I've ever seen G.I. Joe swimmies. I have seen G.I. Joe swim trunks, like bathing suit. I have seen those. Well, I'm telling you, there were some character floaties. Camouflage with, like, the G.I. Joe possible. Logo. They oh, were, yeah. You know, I mean, I was an equal opportunist. I spread the wealth in terms of cartoon <laughs> characters and so forth. Go. So I'll have to go digging well, into the archives to see yes. if there's photos and visual evidence I, to support go. these claims. <laughs> I speak the go. truth Post only. On, yes. Post it on, on Twitter. We'd love to see oh, it. I'm, yeah, I would love I'm to sure see I'm sure the that. nation yes. is dying to see that. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, when I, when I was growing up in Manhattan, we used to go up to High Bridge, so that was many moons ago. So. Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't even. I don't. I don't even know if that place is still there. Anyway, you know, um, it was. Um, I think it was Paulie um, or somebody who called in talking about, <laughs> you know, uh, for our kick returner having. Um, somebody mentioned uh, Hyatt, and I thought. I think one of the things that uh, Paulie said is, you know, because of his speed, you want Hyatt. You don't want Hyatt to, um, to be the kick returner because. You need somebody who can juke and jive, just like um, your last caller, uh, two callers ago, was talking about. Um, um, on, uh, Gray. Gosh, who's the new? Uh, Eric Gray. Um, thank you, Gray. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, and so he would, you know, that would be a good fit for him if he can, uh, you know, like you said, six yards every time. I take that every day. And, you know, Roy, every I think day, the other thing, too, and I, think, and I think we brought this up on the show, Hyatt with kickoffs, you don't see many wide receivers do kick return because – you want to have a guy with a little bit of bulk because you're going to take some hits and kick return. Yeah. And Hyatt is still, he put on some weight, but he's still not like, you know, trucking guys. And like, you don't want him taking big hits in the kick game. So wide receivers are always more apt to do punts than they are kicks. Yep. And that's, um, um, I think, um, I think Paul mentioned that too, because he wants somebody with just like you said, a little bit of meat on the bone so yep. he can absorb some hits. Um, I'd like to see some of the, um, um, I'd like to see some of the uh, the rookies rotate in and out on the on the O line because, like your last caller said, just to just to make sure that we've got some depth. Um, you know, if we have to, uh, you know, if we have to pull somebody for uh, a snap or two, we got somebody who can who can squeeze in there and um, um, and fill the spot. Uh, I was going to ask you guys, who do you think is going to if 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 Daniel plays with his with the O line? Um, who do you think uh, some of the starting wide receivers tonight might be? I mean, I would assume it's going to be Hodgins, Slayton, and Paris Campbell. That's kind of what the starters have been. But does Jalen Hyatt get a chance to slide in there for a few snaps with the starters? I think he probably will, too. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think Hyatt is probably the guy outside of those three because Beasley's Maybe Shepard if he plays. Yeah, Maybe Shepard. That's possible. They may want to see him get some work within once. Anything's possible. But, you know, the other guys who I would have thrown out are unfortunately hurt. Beasley's, yeah, Beasley's hurt. Mm-hmm. Colin Johnson's hurt. And I really don't think anybody else behind them, they're going to move up. So it's really those three. And maybe if they want to take it easy on Paris Campbell because of his injury history, then Jalen Hyatt gets more of a priority if they want to, you know, maybe not overdo it yeah, or a maybe, guy like Paris Campbell. Or maybe Jamison Crowder might get some slot reps too there too. That's not not impossible. Yep. David, David Stills won't get a, won't get um any snaps, do you think? With the ones probably. Yeah, I don't I don't see that happening with the ones. He'll play. I just don't see them giving him priority over some of the other guys. Okay. Yeah, he's kind of like my dark horse. I really like him. Well, right, he's Roy. hung around for right. the years. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, he's, Appreciate a, the call. he's a survivor. He is. I mean, every single year, David Sills is in the mix, and he finds ways to make plays. I just look at the competition, and it's hard to envision a situation where he surpasses other players unless, of course, there's injuries that we're not anticipating. But you can bring him back. You can put him on the practice squad. He knows yep. your scheme. He's got ties all the way back to the early part of his career when he was briefly in Buffalo. There's a valuable spot for him to take on if that presents itself. Let's go to Scott, New Mexico. He'll wrap us up today. Hi, Scott. Hi, guys. Uh, I've never put a lot of faith in preseason games, and the reason being is it's limited snaps, and I don't know who it really benefits. So I have sort of a loaded question. All right, load up. Uh, 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 Beasley and Shepard, to me, are probably competing for the same position. Maybe they both make it. I don't know. But in my mind, that's... Both of them might be competing for that. I get what you, I, I would get why you would say that. Okay. Um, my question is this, and I'll take it off the air because you're short on time. How much is really predetermined in training camp as opposed to uh, playing these preseason games? In other words, has the coaching staff really have a handle on who they think the players are going to be? And there might be one or two exceptions to the rule. I remember Victor Cruz coming up in preseason, and he made a name for himself. But I'm just trying to wonder who, how much faith should we put in preseason games as opposed to what decisions are made in training camp? And I'll take your answer. Though, Thank you, Scott. Thanks. Well, look, I think before camp started, I could have given you 40 names, and those guys were, were going to, they probably haven't changed of guys that are going to be on the roster, give or take. I didn't actually do the exercise. But yeah, I, mean, I think you're looking at a dozen spots every summer. For the better teams, maybe fewer than that. For worse teams, maybe more than that. That you're looking to have true competition. And I think there is real competition. Like the offensive line, the left guard, that's a real competition. The inside linebacker spot next to Bobby O'Carrick, a real competition. Look at the corner spot next to uh, over from, Adore, from uh, after Adoree Jackson and Deontay Banks, right? Real competition. Trey Hawkins emerged. I think safety was a real competition between Pinnock and Belton. And I think the back end of the wide receiver room is real competition. I think that's kind of the biggest spots, right? I don't think I missed any. I think you covered everything. I would just say that most of the players, though, in those scenarios that wind up losing the job, I still think make the team in most of those positions. So to get back to the premise of the question, I think if you ask most coaches, and especially it's a coaching staff where the roster has been together the previous season, which relates to the Giants, I think they – maybe say to themselves, seven, eight guys could be up for grabs. I do think it's night and day if you ask the Giants coaching staff in the front office at this time last year versus this year. I think that number has shrunk. This time last year, there was many more position battles and jobs up for grabs. This year, because you have an additional draft class, you have 
guys that you saw up close and personal in your scheme, I don't think there's as much of a guessing game going into finalizing the 53-man roster. So it's going to vary from team to team, but even teams where they're young and they're unproven, they still have a pretty good idea. So if you want to go with the number, John, that you used, you want to say about 40 of the 53 guys most teams feel good about and anywhere between 7 to 13 could fluctuate, I think that's probably a good ballpark. But the number, what I'm saying for the Giants last year, was much higher than it is going into this next preseason game and the following preseason game, meaning that they pretty much know if they had to finalize the 53-man roster tomorrow, let's say, okay? Let's say we move the process up. I think without hesitation, they could give you their 53. That's what I'm getting at. Whereas maybe in previous years, they were saying to themselves, well, you know, we feel good about 42 guys, but if five or six guys become available on waivers... It's probably a good chance we'll take the waiver guy over somebody currently on the roster. I don't know if that same conversation is happening volume-wise as it was at this time last year. All right, two quick things before we say goodbye. One, this is the most important one, favorite G.I. Joe character growing up. Favorite G.I. Joe, yeah, Joe character? Well, I mean, once again, I, I think Sergeant Slaughter is the guy that comes to mind. Oh, Sergeant Slaughter. Well, I mean, okay. he was also, you're uh, talking about, you know, when you said he was a wrestler, he was actually the first individual that was hired by, what was the uh, the toy company? Hasbro, I want to say? Yeah, Hasbro. I think. Yeah. I believe they were where Hasbro. he was the real life impersonation mm-hmm. of G.I. Joe because he left the WWF for a little bit while that was going on. So when you throw out G.I. Joe, he's the most synonymous character. Hard to go st- snake that. eyes. Big yeah. snake oh, eyes fan. One. Okay. I was more that's of fair. a, growing up, I always liked the bad guys better though. You know, I liked I, I liked the Decepticons. Like I like uh, Soundwave was my number one there for Transformers, and I was a big you know uh, the Crimson Guard Commanders. I was a big fan of GI Joe. They were always good. Destro, Firefly, gotcha. Major Blood can't go wrong. Now, second thing, are you very excited to see the Panthers uh, backup left tackle today? The Panthers backup left tackle. Yes. I'm trying to put two and two together. Oh, from the former Cincinnati Bengal you're My, talking about? Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan yes. taking the field well, today, I, a left yeah. tackle. Yes. Here we go. They had picked him up uh, after the Bengals parted ways with him. Yeah. I actually, you know, funny story with Michael Jordan. And he wears 73, by the way, not 23. Sorry. He uh, he came on Sirius XM NFL radio his rookie year when uh, I was hosting, and we were interviewing him. So my very last question to him was— Surprise wasn't your first question. No, it was my last question. <laughs> you got to prioritize in terms of interviews. You know? So I had asked him, I said, okay, you know, you got to be up front here. Because, I mean, you have to understand, he's young at the point where I don't even— th- I'd have to look up his birth date. But something tells me he was not alive when Jordan was even playing. With at least the Chicago Bulls, I, can tell you I would say there's born. a good Hold chance. On. Well, I don't know if you have the birth date there. Michael huh? Jordan, uh, he is 25 years old. No, so he was alive. Alive, but I'd be curious. He probably doesn't remember him. Playing, I mean, no. he was probably in his pampers. I promise you that. Anything. I promise Let's you that see. to his parents named him yeah. after, though. Well, I mean, he, yeah, he was born exactly as I suspected. He was born in 1998. Oh, yeah. So that means that he old. wasn't even alive and well when Jordan was finishing off his second well, he three-peat. Was a, he was alive, but he wasn't. Well, but I mean, he was of no age or mind to digest an NBA Finals game against Carl Malone and John Stockton. about how old you are when he got drafted. In terms of Jordan? Yeah. Yeah, well, we're talking about the year that mm-hmm. Jordan was drafted was the year I was born. So, exactly. you know, so, yeah, but I mean, but, but I was there I and alive and well to consume 
the height of his career with the Bulls. But anyway, I digress more, and I get back to the more point. More second yeah. three-peat than first three-peat. You were, you were a little young for the first Yeah, three-peat. but I do remember. I yeah. Trust me, I remember the Phoenix Suns and the yes. Portland Trailblazers. I definitely remember that. The Lakers, you want to tell me, maybe? A little young, I'll give you that. But Portland okay, and Phoenix, I enough. have fond memories of sitting back and watching those finals games. So I now, did, uh, go, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Continue. Right? Saying, as we're you filling were, in 75 blanks here. As you yes. were traversing the 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 facility the last couple of days when you've been here, did you notice one of the video slides that have been popping up on the TV? No, I did not. It is of Michael Jordan with his quote. I believe that the one where he says, "I practice so hard, so the games seem easy," or something like that. I think it said on there. Oh, that's what like it is. That, I, yeah. the, the most synonymous quote that I think of is where he says, you know, I've taken 15,000 jump shots. No, nah, it wasn't taken, that one. Okay, and, that, yeah. and that's why I'm the best or something like that. Okay, I did not see that. That yes. was on all of the video screens? It, it's one of the things or, that kind of like rotates back and rotates. forth. Rotates, okay. Yeah, yeah. So apparently my timing when I yes. pass by the screen is not it, it might as be only, good as it It might be. be only the ones down the hall by where the players are, so. Okay, so that was gotcha. Like, maybe, okay, maybe well, so see it, but. maybe perhaps that was the reason. But I will now maybe experiment a little bit <laughs> and take a journey into no man's land. Right. But anyway, what I wanted to do was finish the story with yeah. respect to... Oh, I thought you did. I'm so, sorry about no, that. Yeah, he was on NFL radio, so I then asked him, because, you know, keep in mind, he was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. So I just out of curiosity... Not Cleveland, but... No, well, but, you know, I mean, I think if you even ask most people in Cincinnati, I would assume that they're Cavs well, fans. Yes. So it's a spoiler alert here. We know who he grew up being a fan of and when I asked him you know who he thinks is the best player we know what his response was to I'm not even going to give it justice and mention the name on this program because <laughs> that would be going against some inner feelings and we'll leave it at that and did, we'll stay on top did of he it. take but, any shots at his namesake no he didn't take uh, any shots at his namesake I just said that I said it's a crime to have that name and not do your homework your research and think twice about just simply going over to the other man's corner. Have you, That's uh, a real big no-no. Have you thought about like changing your middle name to Jordan? Lance no, Jordan am, Meadow? I'm totally bad, fine. My right? middle name, I'm content with my middle name. Well, I like my middle I, name. I don't know so. what your middle name is. Well, then we'll leave it at that. Then. We'll, oh, I'm going to find well, out. Well, you can find, go oh, ahead, find, find out my out. middle name. <laughs> Well, well, you can't we'll tell see. me what your middle name is. Well, What's you want name? me to reveal my middle yeah, name? Why not? Well, okay, it's Ross. Ross, I didn't name. know that. Yes. I didn't you know. I don't think I knew yes. what your middle name was. Well, that's there you amazing. Go. The more you know. So yeah, there you right. go. I like that. So yeah. LRM. That's pretty good. LRM. Yeah, LRM. That's right. the acronym of the day. How about that? Yes. So I have no interest in changing my name whatsoever. And I'm not that crazy where I want to adopt a player's name. I could be a fan of a player. I'm not that yeah. obsessive. Like sure. I would never I would never name a kid after an athlete. I would no, never do that. I wouldn't do that. Either. Would never do that. Paul Absol- Pacino on the other No, I would much rather <laughs> a, a family member would be named after a family member that's no yes. longer alive yes. before I would ever even consider an athlete. Lawrence Taylor Dettino. It actually rolls <laughs> off the tongue. It's actually not bad. <laughs> well, I can see the kid being in a Lawrence Taylor jersey. Okay, yeah, that, Taylor but Dettino. maybe Lawrence Taylor. Taylor Dettino. works as a first name and a last name. It actually well, that, it that's actually true. Yeah, interchangeable. Well. Yeah, or well, how about this? He could have done Taylor Lawrence Dettino. Could have done that. Yeah, I guess he could have done that. Yeah. All right, Lance. Good I'm time. actually surprised that this never came up in dialogue and why he didn't defend himself as to why he didn't go well, in that direction. Well, he only has a daughter. Well, but once again, he could have worked some giant's name into that. Yeah, I, my. Not, my guess is that his wife probably put the kibosh on that <laughs> okay. one. Well, then we commend his wife then yes. for at least Correct. balancing out 
the scales. All right, make sure you check us out tonight. Our <laughs> coverage starts at 6 o'clock on WFAN FM, or you can stream on uh, WFAN's app on their uh, stream number two. For Lance Meadow, I'm John Schmunk. Thanks for joining us for Big Blue Kickoff Live, and a game airs on TV tonight on NBC at 7 o'clock. We'll see you then. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.